Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for February 19th, 2018. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and today is President's Day, so the news out there is pretty slow. So instead of trying to put together a show where we talk about some of the scraps of news that are floating around, we figured we'd talk about the thing that everyone seems to be talking about right now, which is Marvel Studios' Black Panther. A couple weeks ago, I had the chance to interview co-writer and director Ryan Coogler, as well as actor Andy Serkis, about the work that they did in the film. Uh, there are a couple spoilers in here, but nothing too bad. I assume most of you listening to this have probably seen the movie at this point, but if you're very spoiler-averse, I would say maybe just save this one, come back to it after you get a chance to see the film, which obviously we would all highly, highly recommend. And uh, and yeah, so today we're just going to present those two interviews. Um, I'll throw up our conversation with Ryan Coogler first, and then we'll transition into Andy Serkis after that. This first interview was actually recorded on a balcony in a hotel in Beverly Hills, so please forgive any ambient noises you may hear in the background. So without further ado, here's my interview with Black Panther co-writer-director Ryan Coogler. All right, so let's just jump right in. Okay. Uh, why don't you tell me about the process of getting this job? I know that directors often make like visual sizzle reels for to send in. Did you uh -huh. do something like that for this movie? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I didn't make a uh, I didn't make a sizzle reel. Um, Frank, I didn't have time to. You know, if if, if I could, like like uh, um, I, I just got I just like I was just finishing my, my making my last film Creed. Mm -hmm. You know, when I got involved in talks with um, with Nate Moore initially, and then I went in to, to meet Kevin Feige, um, Lou Esposito, and eventually Victoria Alonso. You know, um, and and, uh, and I was like, you know, Creed hadn't come out yet, but I, but I had finished it. You know, so I was prepping for getting ready to do press and all that good stuff. Um, and, and you know, and we were talking, um, and I was, uh, you know, really interested in. Um, and how they worked as a studio, I heard things about about it, but you know, I wanted to get it from the, you know, from the horse's mouth, so yeah. to speak. You know, uh, and, and I, you know, I was asking, you know, I asked honest questions, and they asked me questions about, you know, about me and my process, and um, you know, uh, and everything that I was hearing was was making me excited. You know, um, and the more I spent time with them, the more I felt like, oh yeah, I could work with these guys, man. You know, I could spend some time around these guys and learn from them. 
you know, um, and I think uh, that could, could challenge, you know, challenge me as collaborators. You know, I thought it would be a good, a good, a good idea to get to, to get going. Um, and and, and uh, you know, all I had was a movie. I had a movie that I had just finished. You yeah. know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think, um, and I think that was helpful. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. No, right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about melding the character of Shuri from what she is in the comics into sort of a female Q character. In, yeah, in yeah. Movie. I mean, the, 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 it's, it, it, it's, the, the idea for that, you know, um, started when I sat down with with, uh, with Marvel and they said, "Man, we see this as an opportunity to to to, to be, um, you know, our you know our universe's version of James Bond." So as soon as they said that, it was something I hadn't thought of about about Black Panther, you know, mm -hmm. as, as much as I was familiar with the characters. And I just thought that was just flat out, flat out fantastic, man, because I love, I love James Bond. You know, yeah. I love James Bond movies. Um, I think they're really cool. I haven't seen all of them, but the ones that I've seen, you know, I, I love, I love Casino Royale, man. I thought that yeah. was just brilliant, and and and, and um and and, I, and just the idea of like what. I was I, for some reason it, something just clicked. It clicked in my head when they said that. It made me very excited, and I'm always impressed by I'm always impressed by creative people who thought of something that I haven't thought of. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's nothing. It's nothing that bums you out more than hearing an idea and it was like, oh yeah, I was thinking that. Right. You know what I mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but but when you see that with somebody they like and they say an idea and you like, whoa, you know, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. You know? Yeah. And, and that was what kind of happened in that meeting, um, and and, and and going through the process of writing the the, the, the film. You know, I'm working with my co-writer Joe Robert Cole. You know, um, I, I thought uh, Shuri would be just like a cool cue. You know what I mean? I thought it would be be really interesting in seeing a, a a young a young you know African uh, uh, teenager. You know, um, um, who who's manipulated who's manipulated this element yeah. in the ways that nobody else could. Yeah. And, and and who's confident? You know, and able to have her own space and and in our minds. Wakanda is a place that looks at age differently than than, than other than mm -hmm. other places. You know what I mean? It's not a place where, because you're young, you can see, you know you know you know we, you, you don't get a chance to, to lead. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and uh, because you old, we don't cast you aside. You right. know what I mean? Like I said, it's a you know it's a more of an African uh, uh, look, look, look you know looking at time and age in the African sense. You know um and and, and then I also thought that you know as as we were writing, I realized that oh yeah, like the more stuff that we can put. And this relationship between T'Challa and his sister, the better off we'll be, because that's another thing that makes him so unique. Like there's there are no superheroes that I can think of that have a little sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, who, who, who they who they who they love dearly and who can who can bring out the the, the best in them, but also keep them down to earth. You, right. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, for sure. And so, and that relationship is built on on love. Mm -hmm. So so out of that, so many other things grew. Besides, she became so much more than just a cue. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. You've done some really incredible single-shot long takes in your career. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about how the one in the casino fight came about this time. Oh, yeah, well, I kind of look at action films like musicals, you know? Um, and this is, you know, Black Panther is definitely an action, an action film, you know, uh, uh, among other things, you know? Um, and, and, I, and I always uh, uh, thought that, you know, um, and I kind of learned this from working on Creed, like, like, you know, and I talked to, talk to I would talk to Sly about this a lot too while we were, while we were making that, and um, I think it was kind of advice that he, he gave me about like action action films being kind of like kind of like musicals. Mm -hmm. but you know how in musicals like like 
the rule is in musicals, man, if, if we talking and our emotions swell too much, you know, we gotta sing then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, when, they, yeah. when emotions get bigger than dialogue, it's time to sing and then yeah. you go back to, and you go, you get it out and you go back to dialogue. And in, 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 in a true action movie, a true fight film, it should feel like that the same way. Like we talking, but if, but if it gets too intense, you know, yeah. we, we gotta fight. You know, you know what I mean? And, and, and so, and so and each fight should feel different. Each fight should tell a different story about the character's emotions. Mm -hmm. if, 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 in my mind, I always saw Wakandans as being like people who, you know, they're noble people, you know what I mean, and, 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 and ancient people, but in the comics, man, they're always people who can fight really, really good, you know what I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they, they're incredibly dangerous, you know, like yeah. in all of them, that's one thing that's kind of consistent. You know, it's like you don't want to fight a Wakandan, like whether it's T'Challa, whether it's any of them, right. you know? And, and, and the casino scene, for, for, for me, was about Wakandans trying to hide they're trying to they're trying to blend in you yeah. know what i mean they're trying their best not to make a scene you know and and and, and eventually they just can't hold it in anymore <laughs> you know and, 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 and so and so and i wanted the way that they fought each one of those three characters the way that they fought to be different and to be equally impressive you know what i mean yeah. and t'challa's you know he's a super super soldier super power guy you know who kind of fights like a king like an african king and and, and uh, has super strength and is doing these powerful things and, and, and everybody's attention is probably on him. They're kind of trying to jump him, you know? Yeah. Um, and and we, when we saw Nakia's being a spy and being like craftier and grittier and grimier, you know what I mean? Kind of like, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond. Like yeah. how, he's, how he's rough and, and, you know, slams people into stuff and breaks stuff, you know, and, yeah. and it's kind of dirty and he'll take your gun and you, you know, she's the only Wakanda that you ever see using guns, you know, with the exception of, you know, you know who. But, but, um, you know, so so we show her, we, you know, we kind of show her fighting style, and then we wanted Okoye, who's the who's the, who's, the, who's the cream of the crop of the door, to just do, just be doing incredible stuff. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. almost like shocking. You know, like like, like how, how skilled she is with this spear and how she's taking yeah. on all these people. You know, um, and and, and I, when I start when I started realizing like what I, what I what I wanted to do, and we had built this, you know, Hannah Beaker, our production design, had built this incredible casino. You know, um, it looks like Skyfall uh, almost. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's uh it's it's, a, it's Korean it's Korean style inspired, but you know it's got a uh, you know a beautiful James Bondy feel. You know, uh, uh, you know, and I realized, oh yeah, like the best way to get the feeling of like just how much ass the Wakandans kick <laughs> is, you know, and how different it is, and where it's, and where it's happening at in the placement of their operation is to try to do it, you know, unbroken. Yeah. You know, and that's how we can that's how we can kind of experience like all of these things. So that's where the idea of it came up. That's awesome. So among many other things, this movie is at least partially about the difficult and really almost impossible choices that leaders have to make. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about just like seeding that theme into the script when you and, and Joe were writing it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things, man. We, we talked, you know, Obama was president at the time and we talked about Obama a lot, you know, um, uh, in terms of like, man, it's gotta be crazy difficult to be to be the political leader of this yeah. place, you know, um, and it's got to be conflict there. And, and and we talked about, you know, in the, in the, in the script specifically in the priest run, there's references to like how many tribes are in Wakanda, you know what I'm saying, and how they always don't agree, you know, um, and, and it's and it's like a lot of pressure on T'Challa, you know, he's constantly trying to escape Wakanda and go to the and go to the states in that run. And you look at the coach run, you know. He's constantly right there in Wakanda in the thick of it. You know, he's sitting in boardrooms and he's dealing with, you know, you know, riots and, and all these different, you know, all this dissatisfaction with him yeah. as, a, as, a, as a ruler, you know. Um, so we didn't want to shy away from that. You know, in our film, you know, uh, he's just now taking the throne. You know, so it was that, that, the idea of that transition, you know what I'm saying, and what happens in that transition. And, and, and it's the idea that you're weak when you're in points of transition, you know. Um, 
so, so things are coming up and you got to see what kind of choices he's going to make, how he's going to navigate these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we wanted to make, um, we wanted to make his seat, his political seat, one that is difficult, you know, because if it's not, you know, then, then it's, it's not as much conflict as it should be, you know. Right. Cool. Thanks very much for talking to you, time. man. Thank no you. problem. So that was co-writer director Ryan Coogler, and now we'll switch gears a little bit so you can listen in to my chat with actor Andy Serkis, who plays the villainous Ulysses Claw in Black Panther. Here you go. First things first. Aside from what is love, what else do you think is on Ulysses Claw's mixtape? <laughs> I think he's probably got a little bit, um, little bit of Janelle Monae. He's probably got um, he's probably got some Burt Bacharach. <laughs> he's probably got some um, what else? He's probably got a little bit of Pink Floyd. He's probably got yeah. I think Excellent. he's an eclectic. I think he's a pretty eclectic. So how did that that moment come across? Was that or come about? Was that uh, was what is love? Was that specific song in the script, or did you guys come up with that on the day? It was. It was no. I started. Uh, what there was a scene which kind of preceded that moment where where he's changed and just left alone, and and, and just as he just starts sort of tapping his feet and starts, you know, putting up a riff, sort of setting up a riff, and I was I was just kind of making all these noises and singing and singing and then and then it was going to this kind of hip hop beat and then and then Ryan sort of came in and said, Why don't we try it? So we tried a few different songs and mm-hmm. then and then What Is Love came out of that. Very cool. Um, how much does Marvel tell you about your character's backstory? Like do you know, for example, if Claw ever sold Vibranium to Howard Stark earlier in the in the timeline? Do you how, how much do they tell you? I mean I I you know, I, I knew about Claw from the from the comics, and so I mean, Claw Claw from the comics is you know obviously slightly different to, mm. to that of the movie. So so I didn't want to get hung up on 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 either versions in a way. You know, it's sort of um, so it's it's a bit of an amalgamation, I suppose, of of, of, of pick and chose the things mm-hmm. that I wanted to to use for me as as uh, a stimuli, you know, for the character. Right. Um, so yeah, so. Uh, I loved that single shot fight scene in the casino. Um, can you walk me through how you filmed that and what that experience was like for you? It was ama- It was an amazing um, week. I think it was about a week or five days of filming actually, um, where we, it was it was choreographed in in chunks in sections, mm. um, and it was it was thrilling to be part of it. It really was. It was in like there was all the extras there. It was you know all the key players there and. The timing was absolutely crucial um, because every single setup, you know, took obviously time to, yeah. you know, if you cut then and it hadn't gone, then it then it was a big setup, you know. So, so we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed, and then um, and then it was just like having the confidence to have everyone sort of be in the moment and 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 have freedom with it. And I, I, was, I love, you know, I really, I really enjoyed those few days. And, and yeah, and, and the um, the rehearsal part was that. Was that built into that five days, or did it take like five days to actually film the it scene? Was, it was rehearsal and then shoot. Okay. Rehearsal and then shoot. So what was the most section. challenging part of that for you? Well, to be fair, to be honest, rather for me that I didn't, I didn't have the greatest technical challenges. Some of them, some of them were, were like Deny had obviously that stunt, which is amazing. That stunt sequence. Then there was there was the shot where I blow off, blow up, you know, using the sonic disruptor, mm-hmm. send uh, the Black Panther flying backwards. And the stunt guy who did that—I mean, they did that for real. That is, which you—I don't know if you really see that in the shot, but it's—it's—it is an—it was an amazing stunt to be part of because this guy had the had the wires around him, and he was—he literally went from kind of you know twenty foot up in the air across right across the room. Wow! 
Um, so that was pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, getting, the, getting the timing. And oh, that was and that was the first time of of, of the arm using you know the, of using his arm. So yeah. so it was just like in terms of the shot, how how that was going to work and working out the choreography so that it was you know rightly placed placed in the frame. And what happens to the arm when it fires and where does it where do you feel oh, yeah, recoil yeah. and all of that kind the of physicality stuff. of that physicality of that. You cool. know the size of it, how much it expands and ex- extends. You know. And also, like, are you really hanging out of moving vehicles when you guys are driving around in South Korea? What was that chase scene? That's like? no, that they, 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 was it, uh, the so the chase scene was the, the the way it was shot. In fact, was um, the last part of it was the first part that we shot, which is the the, the, the car doing that mm-hmm. big tumble and then coming to a screeching halt and then yeah. me fall, falling out of it. Um, so that was that was a night shoot, which kind of went on all that, and then and then T'Challa catching up and, and, and beating up Ulysses Claw. Which which we did, uh, you know, so so many times, and that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, and and then and then the rest of it was on a, a gimbal. That, so the car was on a gimbal, um, so that you could, uh, you know, it, it, it could be moved in all different directions mm. for the for the jumps and the flips and all of that kind of stuff. And we were strapped into the car, and then and then I had to lean out the window. But that was against that was a blue screen mm-hmm. shoot. And that was in, uh, in Atlanta? The, yeah, that was in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, so I'd like to ask you a very quick Star Wars question before I get <laughs> back to, uh, to Marvel stuff. Um, I know that uh, Supreme Leader Snoke was sort of seemingly set up as like this ultimate galactic villain in The Force Awakens. So I'm just curious what your reaction was the first time you read the script for The Last Jedi and realized that he's going to die in that way. Um, I, I, I think, look, it's Star Wars, so you never know how life you know, or whether life can be come back to or not. You know, whether 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 you can be resuscitated or brought back. You know. uh, but it, no, I was shocked. I was I was shocked. Um, but it felt. I mean, it feels dramatically. It felt absolutely right for that moment in the film. So mm. I didn't question it. You know, I just uh, I just think it's uh, you know it, it's it, it, it's a, a very very important scene. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't I didn't question it. But I do. But. Um, I know it's left fans feeling like you know there's there's that they were really searching for something there and 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 what I'm saying is who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you spoken with JJ at all about potentially coming back? I'm, I'm not sort of spoken to him okay. about it. Um, I also want to congratulate you on War for the Planet of the Apes, which is one of my favorite movies last year. Just oh, incredible thanks. work, thanks. Um, and you did such good work across that entire trilogy. Oh, and I, I imagine that you're probably done playing Caesar at this point, but I'm wondering if you're interested or if you've had any conversations with the people at Fox about maybe potentially coming back to that franchise either to play another character or maybe even to direct another movie in that world what do you think about that? certainly I I you know both of those um in my mind that would be great possibilities uh, I mean that's the great thing about performance capture you can come back and play anything mm-hmm. else um so and I love I love the world I love the, the metaphor of you know talking about the human condition through the eyes of apes I just think it's really powerful yeah. and um, you know offers and there are still so many more stories that can be told and there's still a lot of chapters in the in the ape mythology that that'll get you from um, f- from where we left off to the night back to the 1968 version yeah the ascension of the apes and mm-hmm. so on. so um, so I, I I mean yeah I mean if if they were to happen I wouldn't I would definitely be interested cool. 
Um, so Claw is definitely a villain, and he does horrendous things, as we see in this movie, but he also has some kind of moral code. Uh, he detests hypocrisy, for example. So did you have any conversations with Ryan and Joe about Claw's motivations heading into this movie and, and sort of um, building up on what you guys had, had what you had established in, uh, in Age of Ultron? I mean, we, we talked about, about him on, kind of on the moral spectrum as being someone who is... You know, this film is, is, is about, isn't it? It's about isolationism or it's, it's about sharing and inclusion. And he is, represents the sort of the world's greatest taker. I mean, he is a consumer and a taker and a thief and steals steal stuff. Um, he trades, he, he cares about no one. He has no empathy for, for anyone else. Um, he, he, so, so, so he's like a, he's like a sort of moral vacuum cleaner in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, and that was, that's something that we sort of discussed that he, that, that, that he's, you know, on the spectrum of characters in this movie. That's what, that's what he represents. So. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Cool. So there you have it. Black Panther is in theaters right now, and it's making all the money, breaking all sorts of records. I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the days to come. Uh, In the meantime, if you guys would like to read the text of these interviews, you can find both of them in the show notes and at SlashFilm.com, of course. You can find more about these stories and uh, all sorts of other stuff about Black Panther at SlashFilm.com. SlashFilmDaily, this podcast, is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features that you can find at the website. You can subscribe to SlashFilmDaily on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, and all of the popular podcast apps. And please feel free to send your feedback, questions, or comments to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Be sure to leave your name and general geographic location in those emails in case we decide to read it on the air in a future episode. And please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. That really helps us out a lot in the rankings and and being able to get this podcast in front of more people. So uh, that is great. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.